Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Well, church, thank you. It's good to be back with you. I want you to know something. I'm in a very special place. I'm not in my office. I'm in our worship center. You have not seen this place yet, but I guarantee you when you do see this, you're going to love it. It's gorgeous. It's wonderful. I'm proud of it. A lot of hard work went on to make this happen. This is our home. This is his house. And this is what we get to come back to. This is where we get to do church. And I'm so excited for you to see this. So I want to continue. It's the last in my series and the message that I started Easter weekend, he is not done. He is not done. And we've taken it out of one scripture, John 20, verse 7, one text. It says that Jesus, when he was lying in that tomb, he had a linen, we call it a napkin, that was laying over his head. And when Jesus got up, he folded the napkin. He folded it, church. It's very important. He folded the napkin and he laid it there where he had been laying. And that's a big deal because in that custom, in that, in that time, we know that a, that a folded napkin means that the king, he's not com- he is not done. He is coming back. And my friends, listen to me. That's a big deal. A wadded napkin. If you see a wadded napkin at a table, that dude's not coming back. They're done. They have wiped their mouths. They have wiped their hands and they're gone. But a folded napkin means I am not finished. I am not done. I will be back. And the servant knows you do not clear the place. So take much comfort in the fact that John 20, verse 7, Jesus, when he left the tomb, he didn't leave a napkin wadded up saying, I'm done, church. You are who you are. He said, no, I'm not done, church. And I will empower my church. I am a folded napkin. I'm not done. And I'm coming back. I'm coming back. So we started Easter weekend and we said the folded napkin represented he's not done with me. He's not done with you and me. He's not done. He, doing this pause, doing this little sabbatical, doing this hesitation that we've been on, this little hiccup in our schedule and our normal, he has not been done. He is speaking to you and me. He is saying, listen, I want to show you something. I want to say something to you. I want to reveal something to you. We went the week after that And we said, he is not done developing or chasing down a relationship. You and I will make many relationships, many relationships, but you'll never make a relationship like you do with Jesus Christ. It is the relationship. It's the most important relationship you will ever have. And all other relationships will pale in comparison to the relationship you have with Jesus. And he's after that. He's chasing many of you. He's not done chasing you. And he will continue to chase you until he calls you his son or his daughter. Last week, we looked at he's not done reclaiming his kids. He is not done reclaiming those who've been hurt in church, been done wrong by church, seen stuff in church that's not God. 
and you checked out. You said, I'm not going back to church. Oh, he's still chasing you. He still wants to bring you back to the church. He's still restoring his kids. He's still restoring his kids. Kids that are wounded, kids that are hurt. He is the healer. He can't help but be the healer. That is his name. That's his DNA. That's what he does. Jesus is still about healing, and he wants to restore you. He wants to reclaim you. This week, this morning, simply the last in the series, he is not done. He is not done exalting the church. He is not done exalting the church. Do you understand? It has been seven weeks since we've gathered as a church. Seven weeks. March 15th was the last time that we gathered as a church in this worship center as we met together as a church at Bushen. Seven weeks. I'm telling you right now, that's too long. That's too long. I miss my church. I miss having church. I miss being in the church. But he is not done exalting the church. I want you to understand something. If we're ever going to understand what it means when Jesus says he's not done exalting the church, we need to really look at the definition of exalting. If he's not done exalting the church, what does exalting mean? Well, that's a good question, so let's dive into that. The definition of exalting, simply this, to raise to a higher rank. To raise to a higher rank or a position of greater power. To raise to a higher rank or a position of more power. You're about to see the church like you've never seen the church before. You're going to see the church rise to a level that it's never been at. You're going to see the church take a position of greater power. The coolest things and the powerful things that you're going to see are going to happen in the church. So let me ask you a series of questions. What rank did the church have before this virus? What rank in your family did the church have? Was it a higher rank or was it kind of, you know, we went when we wanted to, when it was convenient? I'm going to say something to you. For many of you, you have reached out to me and said, man, I miss being in church. So I'm asking you, what rank in your family, what rank did the church have uh, in your life before this? I guarantee you, one thing you've realized during this uh, pause, during this virus, during this lockdown, stay at home, that you miss church, that you miss church. Where's your family schedule, the family schedule built around the church? Was your family schedule built around the church? Just a simple question. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying this to specific people. I'm saying this question generally, and you let the Holy Spirit land where the Holy Spirit needs to land. Was your family schedule built around the church? For many of us, church was added to our busy schedule. I'm gonna tell you that. Church won't fit there. Church gets left out there. Was church and its ministries Top priority, preschool, children, preteen, students, men's ministry, women's ministry, marriage ministry. Was it top priority? Camps, D-nows, mission trips, whatever. 
Were those things in prominent places in your family? Were those things in the right position? Because the church, if it's not in its right position, is not in a position. It's out of position. It has no position. The church and Jesus was never intended to be added on to anything else. It is be the center of everything that you do. Everything that you do. What position did the church occupy? What position did the church church occupy? It's a very important question to ask because one of the definitions of exalting is that it takes a position of greater power. If the church is ever gonna have greater power in your family, it better assume a position so it can exercise that power. Because if it's not given a position to exercise the power, guess what? Church is not gonna have power. You're never gonna see it. It's not gonna exercise the power in your home. You're gonna get bored with church. Church is not gonna be a big deal to you. Why? Didn't have the position to make a big deal. It has to have a position to be a big deal, to be a big deal. When you need to go to your Bible this morning, if you're laying in bed or sitting on the couch or at the table, grab your word. Maybe you're in the pickup truck at the end of the street, out in the, out in the field, doesn't matter, man. Take your word. Go to Hebrews chapter 10, and when you look at verse 24 and 25, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Verse 25, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and even more as you see the day approaching. I'm gonna tell you over the last seven weeks, you haven't been able to spur anybody on to go to church because you couldn't go to church. Listen to me, we're better getting spurred, amen? A horse would never say, I'm better if you're spurring me. I'm telling you, we're better if we're getting spurred. And we need to spur one another on to where? On the other side of this thing, when we go back to church, you need to spur some folks in the church because listen to me, you're about to see the church be exalted to a position and a place that it's never been before, never been before. So the virus, not gonna say its name because I don't like its name. I'd rather say the name of Jesus because it gets too much attention as it is. So the virus shut down our nation. It did, it stopped our nation. Bigger than that, it stopped our economy. It's having an enormous effect on people's lives. It's having an enormous effect inside of homes in our country right now. It also shut down normal, whatever that was. The interrupted church, many of you say that. Man, this virus interrupted church. It, it, it messed up my church. It, I can't go to church. For seven weeks, I haven't been able to go to church. This virus messed up my church. For some of you, you're still ticked off. Anger's still driving a train. Why? Because it cost you Easter. Some of you are mad because it cost you Easter. Man, I didn't get to go to church for Easter. Everybody goes to church at Easter. Yeah, we didn't go to church at Easter. We did not. So, God allowed our normal church to be shut down. I want you to sit with that for a little bit. God allowed our normal church 
to be shut down. Anybody have a problem with the fact that God did that? Mm, you don't understand God's sovereignty. If God is sovereign, which he is, and he's omnipotent, he's in control, he can stop anything. But he allowed this to happen to our nation for a purpose bigger than what we hear on the news. This is a big deal what happened in our country. Our country has never in its history stopped this long. It stopped the country, shut it down. In doing so, it stopped church. I've been doing this 32, almost 33 years. It's never happened. And I've been on staff a long time. It shut down church. God allowed normal church to stop. God allowed normal Easter to be stopped. So this begs the question, why? Have you not asked that? I've asked that. Normal church stopped. Now somebody else tells me when I can have church. Hmm, I'm not doing good with that. I'm gonna be honest. I have one commander in chief that tells me when to have church. Now I'm having to let someone else tell me when I can have church. I'm trying real hard, but it's hard. So this begs the question, why did this happen? God allowed it, but why? What does he want to do in it? Because God does, he does nothing in our lives or in the lives of many, many people. Never does anything by accident. Does everything by purpose. Because why? He's a purpose God. So you got to ask the question. Did God need to reset the church. I'm gonna just sit with that. Did God need to reset the church? Or maybe ask it this way. Does God need to reset the church? Now, some of you right now are starting to cry because you love your church. This is a sweet church. We have a great church. I just liked it just like it was, and I want it to be just like it is when I come back. Listen, I love our church. I love the church. But you have to understand God stopped normal church, and he shut down normal Easter. And we've got to understand that God is doing a new thing, and we better get in on it because he's not going to shut down something that he's in on. If we're doing it, to his magnitude, if we're doing it in a way that he is like, oh my gosh, my people, they're just awesome. They're having church just like I designed it. He ain't stopping that. I'm just telling you, he's not stopping that. He's just not. He's a healer. When the blind man started seeing, he didn't stop midstream and go, whoop, whoop, that's enough. One eye's all you get, the other one stays blind. No, that dude got both eyes. He got everything. Listen to me. Did God, you've got to ask yourself, did God need to reset the church? Does God need to reset the church? 
Well, let me help you with the word reset, because some of you may be swimming, going, I don't even understand what reset means. Let me help you with that. Reset simply means this, to set again or differently. To set it again or differently. Some of you are very uneasy with that already because you don't like change. Doing something different or resetting something makes you nervous. Time change stresses some of you out. Gotta, gotta, gotta learn how to fix my clock, okay? Just ask your kids, okay? They'll do it. But you gotta reset. So God is resetting something. So God stopped church, stopped our nation, stopped people to what? To reset, to set again, or set it differently. To set it differently. And when you go to your Bible, go to Isaiah. Look at Isaiah. Isaiah 43, look at verse 19. Isaiah 43, 19. I want to give you Old Testament, then I want to give you New Testament. Isaiah 43, 19. See? See? I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Watch this question. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wastelands. God said, I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. Do you perceive it? Do you see it? I want you to go to Revelation. Go to Revelation 21. Revelation 21, verse 5. He who was seated on the, on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. I am making everything new. Write that down. These words are trustworthy and they're true. So when he makes something new, does he throw out everything that he was using and bring it all in new? No. He makes new out, out of what he had. He makes new with what he had. He doesn't make new people. He just makes them new and they do a different thing. He resets them. So the church is doing his thing and God stopped the church. I've never seen the church stop. Never. And I believe the purpose in which he stopped it was to reset it. Because I believe he is going to do a new thing as we move towards the last days. And the church is gonna take a position that it's never occupied before, that ever since the time, God has wanted the church to occupy this position. He wants the church to magnify itself. He wants the church to be exalted. He wants people to come to church and see the coolest things in the world. He wants to see, they want, he, God wants them to come to church and see people absolutely born again right in the middle of a worship service. He wants to see people come to church and absolutely get healed right in the middle of a service. Why? Because that's who our God is. That's why he made church. He didn't make church to gather people, drink coffee, eat donuts, and gain weight. He asked church to heal people, make them new, set them free. I want people to come in here that, that can't walk, walk and come in and go out walking. 
I want people to come in here in chains. You can't see their chains, but they're in chains. And I want to hear chains dropping all over the worship center. Why? Because people are going to be set free. That's the kind of church that's going to draw a crowd. Jesus never had trouble drawing a crowd. Why? Because he did supernatural things. And when you do supernatural things, you draw a supernatural God who changes supernatural lives. God's going to do a new thing in the church. People aren't going to be in church like this anymore. There's not. And I may be the kind of senior pastor, if I see that position in my church, I may introduce them to different churches. I don't, that, that, how can you gather on the other side of this, knowing God is doing a new thing in the church, resetting the church, and come in there and cross your arms and look at God like, do something. I pray God had already done something because he's not finished and he started this whole thing with you. You see, you ought to understand something, church. I'm talking about the corporate church, but the corporate church changes when the individual church changes. When he resets the individual church is when he resets the corporate church. When people come to church hungry, wanting more, with an appetite to come to the table and see God do what God can only do. He's doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing. Is he doing it with you? It's a big question. Is he doing it with you? See, if he does it with you and he does it with you and he does it with you and he does it with you, when we come together as a corporate body, you guess what? He's gonna do it with us. We're gonna walk out of here with our mouths open. We can't shut our mouths because we're in awe of what God did. How, when's the last time you walked out of church with your mouth open? In awe. People at the restaurant ask you, how was church? You said, man, I don't even have words to explain what I just saw. I would love to say that. The definition of exalting, higher rank, or a position of greater power. I have a question for you, families. Will church on the other side of this, take a higher rank, a different position in your life. It should. I don't mean to sing a country western song, but sometimes you don't realize what you had till it's gone. I feel like Hank Williams Jr. should be up here. But I'm just saying, you don't realize how important church is in your life until somebody tells you you can't go anymore. If church is important, it needs to become ranked in importance. If church is important, then it needs to take a position that it rightly deserves in your family, in your home. Conversations about the church ought to be ongoing. There shouldn't be a question of, are we going to church? The shocker is when we don't go to church. The definition of reset again. To set anew on a different way. To set anew on a different way. He is resetting the church to take a rank, to take a position that it rightly deserves in your home but never had before. Every one of us, your pastor included, can have, a, have the church take a rank, a position that it's never had before. And I'm telling you, when you put the church in a position, your family, in a, in, a, in a rank where it's never had before, it will, be take, it will take prominence over your family. It will take prominence over everything you do. 
and all of your other stuff, all of your other schedules, all the stuff on your calendar will pale in the comparison of when you circle Sunday and you circle church and you say, as far as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're gonna be in the house. God is doing a new thing. He is. Do not miss the fact that God's doing a new thing. This church doesn't look the same. Oh, no. And guess what, church? It'll never be the same. Never be the same. I began this year with a scripture that said, strengthen the cords. Drive your stakes down deep. Because what God's about to do, he has never done before. You're about to see the greatest days of the church Some of you have been begging for the days that you're about to see in the church. You're gonna see things you've never seen before in church and your kids are gonna tell stories of all the stories of all that God does in church. You're gonna love to hear your kids talk about all that God did in church. It is a pleasing thing to a parent's ear when they hear their kids talk about what they saw God do in church. That's what we're gonna do. It's gonna change generations. So God's not done. You see, church, On the other side of this, a napkin don't look like that. On the other side of this, a napkin looks like that. And I'm telling you, God's not done exalting the church. I'm asking for you as my church family to put the church in the right position that it needs to be in, in your family. And together, all of us, together, just a bunch of families in love with Jesus are gonna attack heaven. We're gonna attack church. We're going to go to church like never before. We're going to come with expectancy. We're going to come believing. We're going to come asking God to do what only God can do. We're going to show up hungry and we're going to leave full. We're going to walk out with our mouths wide open because we saw God do things that we can never see and we can never speak of. I want all the families to fall in love with Jesus and I want the church to take the road that it's never taken before. And I want us as a church never be the same again. We're not going to look the same. Oh no, we're not. Never. We're not going to look the same. And it's a shame. It's a shame on the other side of this virus that the church does look the same. I feel sorry for the churches that look the same. It was never intended by our God to stop normal church, to shut down normal Easter, for the church to go back just like it was before. It should never do that. Churches today should step up and allow God to reset them and the church should follow God in whatever God wants to do. So join me, church. God's doing a new thing. He's doing a brand new thing. And I'm asking you to join me as we chase after what God's doing here because he's not done, amen, exalting the church. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you. We adore you. We exalt you. We magnify you, God. And God, I pray for every family listening, I pray that the church, the living church, takes a position in their home, a position in their family that it's never taken before, that that family will never be the same again, that they will never go to church like they did before. They will never talk like they've talked before about church. That God, you're doing a new thing in your church. You're resetting your church. We don't know what that looks like. But we do know that you're resetting your church. God, you're doing a new thing. 
You're doing it in us. You're doing it in your church. So God, I pray that you magnify the church like never before. And may we see the greatest thing ever, the greatest days ever are ahead for the church. God, exalt your church. Lift your church high. Change communities, change cities, change states, change this country, change this world because you started with the church. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you in Christ's name. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.